only in Jeff Styles America. Hey folks, Jeff Styles here. Thank you very much for tuning in today to Fred the Podcast, found at fredpodcast.com and also at jeffstylesamerica.com. The reason it's at jeffstylesamerica.com is because I am Jeff Styles, spelled with a Y, and I'm the one what be doing this podcast and have done Oh, quite a few over the last year and a couple of months. And I appreciate very much you folks out there who have actually subscribed to it and paid a little bit out of your own pocket. I need more of those folks, subscribers that is, and advertisers and supporters in general, just to keep me happy and fat and satisfied as I continue to do these things. Now, I'm going to keep this one fairly short and simple today. There's been a lot going on of late, but I know that, you know, when you're listening to a podcast, you could be listening at any time, so I shouldn't be too time-specific. So I'm going to leave politics aside for the most part, and I'm going to go just straight to something that has occupied a lot of conversation in the last week or so, and that is the halftime Super Bowl show. Uh, The Super Bowl, number 54, 2020, featured a halftime show with Shakira and J-Lo in it, and they did on stage during the halftime show exactly what Shakira and J-Lo normally do when they do a live show they danced on poles they got darn close to butt naked they humped and bumped and thrust and grinded and ground is it grinded or ground they were grinding their crotch into the camera over and over and over again personally i was a huge supporter of this i loved this idea i think both shakira first of all smoked j-lo i'm sorry it's just true um but there was nothing wrong with j-lo's show it's just what they do they're latina They're hot-blooded women. They are mature women who have aged very well. And sex is all part of the culture, the Latin culture, the Miami culture, the, as J-Lo is, a sort of Rican culture. That's what she says, uh, or New York Rican, and and just part of the entertainment culture of today. And there was predictably a backlash. Now there's a backlash to the backlash. I think there's even a backlash to the backlash to the backlash. There's a lot of backlashing going on because these two smoking hot women got out there and played up their attributes, physical, vocal, and otherwise, their dancing moves and their thrusting and grounding moves, all of which on camera to the live audience of however many tens of millions of people were out there. But the backlash was originally from middle-class, middle-American, southern and or rural white women who didn't like the thrusting and grounding that was going on. Uh, They didn't like the Spanish language being used, even though a huge percentage of the American population now, at least English is their second language, if it's even their first language. And certainly, given the venue in Miami, it made perfect sense to me, but it offended them. They used the American flag along with the Puerto Rican flag and a cape that J-Lo was wearing. They They were disgusted. That's the word of the day disgusted. They were disgusted that the sexuality, that's where they went. Might have been other things that were really playing into it, but it was all about the sex. The fact that these women were showing their secrets, Victoria's secrets to God and everybody and to all the people out there in the viewing audience. Um, I actually jokingly said on the air during my talk radio show, which by the way is at NougaRadio.com, NougaRadio.com. Nougat Radio is 92.7 on the FM band, but you'd only be able to hear that if you were in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area. So you can go there and get streaming audio anytime you want to, and please do. But I, I made the, the joke 
the J-Lo, next time she had a you know an appointment at a gynecologist, she could just send in the video from the halftime show, and she wouldn't have to show up. And so, I, I mean, I'm joking around. I thought it was actually a great show, especially Shakira, as I've already said. Now, have, having said this, now these women are saying, oh, it's not fit for children. Where were they? When Adam Levine took off his shirt to reveal his multi t- covered with tattooed, you know, t- uh, torso with just all ripped. I mean, if, if it was my job to be ripped, I could be ripped. I'm almost 60. I could be more ripped than I am now if that's all I had to do all day was be ripped. You know, I could get on roids like the other roid monkey out there at the gym, and I could get me my six-pack back even though they took out my abdominal muscles a couple of years ago after breaking my leg and they stuffed them in my leg. That's not important now. What's important is the double standard. Normally, we're talking about double standards with women or minorities, but this time, it's guys. I guarantee these women are going, <laughs> looking at Adam Levine's, you know, tattooed torso during last year's halftime show, and they're raising hell about the women out there. So they're disgusted. And then other people were disgusted at their disgust. And here's what disgusts me. The fact that somebody could tee up on such a minimal issue It's the halftime show at a football game. Nobody's making you watch it. Nobody's chaining your children down and just like clockwork orange. Poor Alex forced to watch this screen with toothpicks in his eyes and he can't move his head to the left or right. And they're putting eye drops in there so he can't even blink. And nobody's making them watch this. If you're in control of your TV, turn the damn thing off. I tell people listening to talk radio, which, by the way, if you listen to Nuga Radio at NugaRadio.com, anywhere in the world, uh, you'll hear streaming audio. It's a talk radio format. I am not here to make people feel good about their prejudices. I don't exist to back up whatever you believe in an echo chamber. I'm here to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. That is my job, much like a minister, and talk radio is my ministry. So they're disgusted at this healthy display of female human sexuality, and they're arguing about whether it empowers or not. If a woman can get up on stage and dance around and people cheer and they pay big money for doing so, I'd say they're pretty empowered. Here's what disgusts me, Jeff Stiles, on this particular day that I'm recording this podcast. And tell me if you find this to be eh, somewhat in the vein of disgusting. The ads that air all the time, 24-7, 365 these days, that feature some dude in a hard hat talking about manscaping. Manscaping. And I believe the website is, strangely enough, manscaped.com. And it's all about guys shaving and coiffuring their pubic hair. Yes, yes. Their pubic hair. And this is an ad that runs in prime time during, on, on virtually every TV station. And it's supposed to be funny, but it's got some guy sitting there with a hedge trimmer battling some sort of shrubbery. And they're going, it's made for every man's bush, even Jeff's. Now, it bothers me that they use Jeff, my name, in the ad. But dudes over here, and his trimmers are not getting through there very well. And they're manscaping. They're trimming their pubic hair. That goes right in line with the ads that started airing in the late 70s, early 80s, as far as I can remember correctly. I might have been traumatized and don't remember it correctly as to the time frame. But the, do you ever get those not-so-fresh feelings? It's a mother talking to her daughter. And she goes, do you ever get that not-so-fresh feeling? Do you realize what a laughing stock that was? Now, maybe the, the company's stock rose when these ads hit, these direct-to-consumer ads for things that normally didn't get discussed. But, I mean, the not-so-fresh feel we can all pretty much imagine what that would be like 
Do you really want to be reminded of your not-so-fresh feeling while you're eating dinner? While you're trying to watch the evening news and you got the kids in there because you're trying to educate them, right? And it's just disgusting. Not the human body, but the parading of certain things that the human body does out there in the hopes of making a little bit of side money and just kind of just forgetting the social mores of modern America and doing so and opening up all the doors to even the grosser stuff like the talking snot ball. The talking booger, the first time I saw it on a TV, we're talking about Mucinex ads here. Mucinex didn't advertise with me. Screw Mucinex. Um, the talking snotball. I literally thought I was watching like a clip from Saturday Night Live and it was a satire. Oh, no, no, no. They're serious. And I made fun of it the next day on the air and, and people were going, no way. You're, you've got to be joking me. I said, no, I saw it. It was a talking snotball in a commercial on TV. And they're going, no way. And then, of course, now they've been on for, for years. And this little mascot of this little booger this little green slimy booger, and they make fun of the fact that it's kind of a mucus thing and it's a snotball, and, and they've aired and aired and aired and aired. That's disgusting. That disgusts me. Obviously, it goes without saying that politicians disgust me nowadays, but we're not going to talk about politics. Here's something else that disgusts me. The direct-to-consumer ads on TV all over the place these days with their ridiculous disclaimers. They've been, you know, satirized and humiliated and you know, they're just, they've become caricatures of themselves. And these are ads where the actual advertisement showing some, you know, girl in a sundress running through a field of daisies. And then there, that's maybe lasts for 12 to 14 seconds. And then there's some 38 seconds worth of a disclaimer. And you don't even know what the drug actually does. But the whole idea is to try to give you the impression as a consumer watching TV that you will be running through a field of daisies if you take this particular drug. You don't even know what it's going to do or if you have the you know, symptoms of the ailment that supposedly exists. They have to convince you you have an ailment. Then they sell you the drug that cures the ailment. But listen to what happens when you take the drug, the side effects. And I'm not making this up. This is just one. And you can do your own searches. Google's it up on the interwebs and you just, just say the most ridiculous TV disclaimers for pharmaceutical ads. Phrase it the way you want to. And it will bring up just Boku, many, many, many examples of these ridiculous disclaimers. This is truly disgusting. A, it's misleading. B, it is literally convincing the American people that they have diseases or syndromes or things that they might not have. And, and see, three, it turns the whole pharmaceutical and medical world upside down because now you're going in and you're banging on your doctor's door saying, I want some of this stuff so I can be some chick running through a field of daisies. I'm tired of being a middle-class, white, you know, blue-collar guy busting my ass out here. I just want to run through daisies all day. Can I get some of that crap? And they go, yeah, sure, because they get a, you know, golf junket or some sort of cruise if they write enough prescriptions. This is Shantix. Smoking is the worst, you know, addiction that you can come up with. It's worse than heroin. I know serious hardcore junkies, long-term alcoholics, people who are strung out on opiates and all kinds of things, crystal meth, cocaine, it doesn't make any difference. They will all tell you, if they're in active recovery, that it is harder to quit smoking than it is to quit heroin or anything else. So I want people to quit smoking whenever possible. It's a nasty habit anyway. I really... Nobody likes smoking. Certainly non-smokers don't like smoking. And even smokers wish they could quit. They just, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Shantix. This is my point. Not smoking or non-smoking. It's just, this is the, this is the actual disclaimer. 
to the drug Shantix. They can only get portions of it in on the TV ad because they've only got 40 to 45 seconds to do it after their 15-second ad. Common side effects of Shantix, I'm reading this verbatim, nausea and vomiting, stomach pain, constipation or diarrhea, gas and indigestion, dry mouth, altered taste buds and changes in appetite, vivid and unusual dreams, sleepiness, trouble sleeping, and other sleep disorders, problems breathing. That's a big one. Asterisk that. Problems breathing. Serious side effects of Shantix may include... Some people have had seizures during treatment with Shantix. In most cases, the seizures have happened during the first month of treatment. New or worse, heart or blood vessel problems. Mostly in people who have already had cardiovascular problems. Tell your health care provider if you've had any changes in symptoms during treatment with Shantix. Get emergency help from a medical operator right away if you've had any of the following symptoms of a heart attack. Chest discomfort, pain or discomfort in one or both arms, back, neck, jaw, or stomach. That's me on a good day. Pain in my arms, back, neck, jaw, or stomach. That's a good day. Shortness of breath, sweating, nausea, vomiting, or feeling lightheaded associated with chest discomfort. Sleepwalking can happen with Shantix. Sometimes lead to behavior that is harmful to you or other people or to property. I know when I'm asleep, I never know what I'm going to do. I can get up and just take an axe handle and start wailing on shit all around me. You know, I can just do some serious damage property or damage to my wife or or kids or dogs or pets or just people passing by on the street as I'm sleepwalking with my axe handle. So the last thing I want to do is take Shantix and make that worse. Allergic reactions. Of course they can. Some can be life-threatening. It's all life-threatening. Serious skin reactions. Rash, swelling, redness, and peeling of the skin. Peeling of the skin. I want to quit smoking. I'm going to take this thing that makes my skin peel off, makes my heart stop, and I won't be able to breathe, and I'll go to sleep and beat the hell out of my wife with an axe handle. Yay for Shantix. I'm disgusted. There are many more just like it. This is what disgusts me, and it brings me to this story. There's a lot of crap out there that we really shouldn't talk about. The age of openness, and we we have freedom of speech and expression codified into our constitution in this country. But the fact is that you can say what you want to say, do pretty much what you want to do as long as it doesn't injure somebody else. But maybe we shouldn't. People also around you have the right to react to it, like the Dixie Chicks saying something negative about the president and people quit buying their albums. So there there could be a reaction to what you say, and I just wish that people would react towards some of these direct-to-consumer advertisers and to some of these people that are just advertising things that used to be talked about in the privacy of a room. I actually, when I had the talk with my kids, I would get them in a car going down the road at 60 miles an hour and lock the doors. And then I'd have the conversation because they couldn't run away from me. I'm serious about this. I did. And I don't want to hear about your not so fresh feeling. I don't want to hear about your manscaping. I know I'm too old to have gotten in on this new trend and, and fad of, of, of guys trimming their pubic hair and shaving their bodies. I don't want to be in on that. All natural, baby. All natural. And all the rest of these disgusting things that we get just bludgeoned with. So that's what I'm going to say. This is just a little story. No matter what you say or do in life, the truth will out. I said I wasn't going to talk about politics, but the truth will out. The president will eventually pay for his vindictiveness and his bad karma. The politicians up there posing and parading around and and putting on airs, thinking that they're holier than thou or making it look like they're holier than thou, the truth will out. Eventually, the karmic wheel will run over you. Perfect example of this, I told this story the other day. Back when I was single, I was driving a little Chevy Monza, and I was at the laundromat. And at the time, I was kind of, you know, thinking I was, you know, John Bon Jovi. I had a lot of girls and on the side, and I wasn't serious about any of them. And I was at the laundromat, and I was chatting up this girl. 
And as we were walking out, I had my clothes, which were stuffed into a paper grocery bag. Yes, a number two paper grocery bag. That was the baggage or the the carrier that I had for my clothes. And I had them around my back and my right arm because I didn't want her to see that I actually was so poor that I had to put my clothes in a number two paper grocery bag. And I was trying to continue to make time with her and I felt like I was doing pretty good. And I'm just rapping and I'm rapping. I got my line going real strong here. And she's smiling and she's kind of twirling her hair with her finger, giving me all those nonverbal signs. And I opened the door to my Chevy Monza and it literally falls off its hinges. It falls off its hinges, and the hinged side falls onto the ground and then lays over into the now cavernous, yawning, open door of the driver's side of the car, and I'm still holding the door handle in my hand, and I haven't even really looked at the door handle or the door itself or the yawning chasm there that now exists. I'm still looking at the the girl thinking, I can save this. I can salvage this. And guess what? I couldn't. No matter how good my rap was, no matter how good my line was, no matter how strong the aura had been up into that moment, boom, it came crashing down, and she turned on her heel and walked away from me because it was obvious, A, I was in a Chevy Monza, B, that the door of the Chevy Monza had just fallen off on the ground, and C, she probably actually saw the paper grocery bag full of clothes behind my back, and so she didn't want anything to do with me. That was the karmic wheel running over me. All my subterfuge and all my chicanery and all my skullduggery and my naughtiness was for naught. Even though I'd really earned a lot of life experience in this category, she was gone. Never saw her again. And that's the way life will do you, too, you disgusters out there. Don't be a disguster. Be a promoter. Be an uplifter. Be a kinder and gentler you. Don't disgust people. Only in Jeff Styles America. Yes, only in Jeff Styles America. Go to Jeff Styles with a Y, America.com, and or FredPodcast.com and find the latest podcast. I'm going to try to do at least one a week, maybe more. As a matter of fact, in the very near future, I'm going to be releasing a second podcast at least once a month that will be nothing but music. I've been told since I started doing talk radio in 1992 A lot of people have told me, I'm not joking here, no false humility in the world of talk radio and podcasting, that I actually play better music than any music station in the region as bumper music in and out of the commercial breaks that I have to do as a public broadcaster on the public airwaves. And I love music. I'm very passionate about it. And so somebody actually reached out to me at a local PBS station, or I should say, yeah, PBS. It was radio. And said, so, would you like to do a music show? NPR. Yeah, NPR. Thank you. I'm a radio professional. I've been doing this since 1980. I can't remember our American National Public Broadcasting System. Yes, uh, NPR. 88.1 to be exact. My friend Richard Wyndham said, do you want to do a music show? Because, I mean, obviously you're intrinsically you know, linked to music around here because I've been booking bands for our local festivals for a long time, too. So I said, yes. So look for that to come to you sometime soon. I want to say a big thank you, send out a massive thank you to my friend Brett Moldenhauer. Brett is an acupuncturist, my acupuncturist. He works at the Institute for Acupuncture and Wellness in Red Bank, Tennessee. You can do a search yourself. They're at 628 Morrison Springs Road. And give them a call, swing on by, make an appointment. Acupuncture truly works. He he also is the proprietor of Hill City Hemp. Hill City is the area that we used to just call North Chattanooga here. Now some people call it the North Shore. But Hill City Hemp. And he also is one of the many proprietors and professionals down at North Spring Therapy. North Spring has acupuncture. They have massage. They have all kinds of cool things. But the 
coolest thing of all is their cryo chamber. You can go into the cryotherapy chamber and they take you to minus 170 degrees Fahrenheit for about three minutes or so. It is remarkable what it does for your body and your attitude. Thank you to Brett Moldenhauer. Thank you to Tim Kelly and the people at Kelly Subaru, Southern Honda Power Sports, Chattanooga Football Club. Thank you to my friend Robin Ring. Robin Ring at River City Property Management, taking your distressed property from crappy to happy. Give her a ring at 242-8036. That's 423-242-8036. The nicest lady anywhere in property management and real estate anywhere in the country, as far as I'm concerned. And the good folks at RMJ USA, makers of fine tactical tomahawks and tools for outdoor use and otherwise. And anybody else out there who has subscribed to this podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the last thing I wanted to do today very quickly was this, and that is there's a new song out by the new country band called Lanco, and I was listening to it this morning. What day it is doesn't make any difference, not important. And it's two stanzas about life in a small southern town growing up in the country, something I can relate to. The third stanza kind of takes a shift, and it goes like this. Some stars and stripes I see boys that ain't afraid to fight For the real white and blue So me and you can live this kind of life What I see Is a little piece of heaven This side of eternity Now all I know Are these two lane roads Are the ones that gonna take me And that line grabbed me this morning, grabbed me by the short hairs inside my ear hole. And it got my attention. And I wonder how many young folks, mostly the guys, but also the girls, men and women, are young men and women, ages 18 to say 24, truly love the country so much anymore that they're willing to go fight and die for it? Or have we messed up the country and the predominant popular image amongst young Americans of our country, the United States of America, have we just soiled that image so badly with our mishandling of the nation, the budget, the governance of this nation, the squabbling, the infighting, the pettiness, the prejudice, the existing just just racism and homophobia and classism and the new versions of it that are out there and the sniping back and forth at each other and the bipartisanship and the I'm better than you are because I belong to this party or I support that candidate or I support this politician and you're not a real American and I am and all that crap, all that bullshit to quote directly the president of the United States at the national prayer breakfast last week, the national prayer breakfast talking about the impeachment proceedings. I'm sure he's not a fan, but do you call him bull? Bullshit at the National Prayer Breakfast? Come on now. So are there is there really even still a predominant feeling out there? Do the kids understand America? They, do they understand the promise of America? Do they, do they get what America really means? Are they being taught in school how the, the government works and that it's our, our duty, our responsibility to vote and be involved, that we are the government? And are they willing to go fight and die? For this country and the notion and the grand experiment that it is, I do wonder. Actually, you can be really depressed about this. 
I'm going to go ahead and get out on a thin limb here until you really get around some of the young people in this age bracket. And I think the answer is yes, but it worries me. As somebody on the very low end of the baby boom population, so-called baby boomer, I was born in 1960. It was 1962 where they finally reached out and grabbed me. For a long time, it only went through like 58 or something like that. So I avoided being a baby boomer. But then at some point, they extended it to 1962. So I'm on the, the I guess, the higher end. I don't know, lower end, higher end, however you want to look at it. I'm, I'm one of the youngest baby boomer, you know, boomers that you can meet in that genre, that specific age group. And uh, never have liked it, don't care for it. Um, but I think we've really screwed up this country. I don't think that uh, that we've done a very good job in running the country. I don't think we've done a very good job being at the helm, at the reins of this great nation. And I think we have besmirched the product. I think we have tainted our brand. And I think we'll see it in the responses and the actions of the young people coming up today. We expect them to take care of us. Uh, I hope that's the case. Somebody wants to start taking care of me, I'll, I'll, I'll resign today and, and live, you know, back sitting on my fat and happy ass and let them take care of me. But then again, that's kind of part of the problem, isn't it? Anyway, just something to think about. Talk to your kids, your grandkids, your nieces and nephews today and kind of get a feel for it. All right. Thank you very much for listening to Fred the Podcast. Jeff Stiles spelled with a Y here. Your host at least once a week, maybe more. I appreciate you. See you later.